Sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction, which is why this episode is so ironic. After just interviewing Matthew Jones in episode 48 on how he overcame his own health crisis to lead his company to new heights, on May 8th, 2022, Mother's Day, Ross, my husband, lead coder, and sometimes co-host of the show, was in a serious sport bike accident. He's recovering, but sustained a broken left hand. At the time of this published recording, we are trying to figure out how we will continue to run our shop, facilitate customer orders, and build out the shop for expansion. If you've ever listened to our first Powder Coater podcast, you know we promise to share our story as owners of a powder coating shop. Today's topic of having a business plan in place is now more relevant than ever. If you are a shop owner with employees or a sole provider of your family, you owe it to them to put systems and planning strategies in place to manage risk-taking. Will your company come tumbling down when you're not around? Putting a simple business plan and redundancies in place could help you stay focused, live a more balanced life, and possibly weather a storm. To support the show, order the book Traction by Gina Wickman, which this episode covers. Click the link in the description. Finally, leave a comment for Ross if you'd like to wish him a speedy recovery. Get ready to level up your powder coder game. Welcome to Ross Coates Powder Coater Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kim Scott, where we interview influencers and talk about trending topics so you can grow your powder coating biz. Are you feeling like a zombie worker in your own company? I know I am. Today, we're simplifying the road to progress with John King of the book Traction and the EOS Worldwide. John, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Good to be with you. So, John, what exactly do you do? You know, there's this book that Gina Wickman, maybe I can share my screen and and show people the book that I was talking about. But you work, go ahead and tell people what you do uh, using the book Traction. Yeah. So in its simplest, most direct form, I help entrepreneurs and their leadership teams get everything they want out of their business. So that probably sounds like a fairly bold claim, but in in my mind, it's actually a fairly practical claim. We're going to decide what it is that you want, and then we're going to figure out a plan to make sure that we go and get it. So the problem that most entrepreneurs face and their leadership teams face is that a lot of times they just feel, they feel stuck. They feel frustrated. They've got people issues. They've got process issues. They can't figure out, they try to pull every lever, but they can't quite figure out how to take the company to the next level. And so what I do is at the end of the day, we're trying to help them get control. So they're not being controlled by the business. They're in control of the business and ultimately increase the value of the business. And so at a high level, what I'm helping the teams I work with get masterful at really is, is three things. And I call it vision, traction, and healthy. So vision just meaning getting everybody 100% on the same page with where you're going and how you plan to get there, right? 
Traction is really about instilling discipline, instilling accountability so that whatever it is that we decide to go with this company, we actually see people executing on the vision. And then healthy to me, this is, this is kind of the key to the kingdom. Healthy is all about making first a leadership team more cohesive, more functional, more open, more honest, more harmonious, more having more fun because most leadership teams are not that way, right? Most are dysfunctional. And so it's holding us back. And so the idea is that as goes this leadership team, whatever that looks like, so goes the rest of the organization. And before long, all of our people, whether that's six people or 206 people or however many people that is, are 100% on the same page with the vision and the plan to achieve it. I mean, really locked into that plan, executing on the plan, wherever they are in uh, the organization from the you know, CEO on down. And, and showing up as a group of people that genuinely enjoy going to work every day. So uh, basically, it's a process. It's a set of tools. It's a set of concepts uh, that are packaged into a system. EOS is just a system with business right. tools, concepts, principles that are designed to help you get control, increase the value of the business, and accomplish vision, traction, and healthy. I can go into more detail, but that at the end of the day is all designed to help you get what you want from your business. And we like to talk about this as EOS implementers with our clients is we want you to live your ideal life because a lot of people set out to become an entrepreneur and it sounds like a lot of fun and super sexy. And then the real world happens and it's hard. I mean, it's, you, you, you've got to really be ready for what this is all about. And so we talk about, hey, we want to help you live your ideal life, which is all about doing what you love. So presumably you actually like doing the work that you do surrounded by people that you love, right? So this idea when right. we start an entrepreneurial company is like, I'm going to go to work with people I love, right? It, sometimes it doesn't happen. So we want to make sure that's happening. We want to be making a huge difference in the world. However it is that you define that, you get to define that. You're being compensated well and appropriately for all the value you, you deliver. And you've got time for other passions. Uh, a passion of mine is that I, I want you to work hard and do great with your company. But my guess is you have other passions, your family, uh, hobbies, church, whatever that is. We want to make sure that you aren't so controlled by the business uh, that you don't have time to do these other things that you actually care about. So anyway, I'm, I, I get passionate about these things, but that is essentially. No, I, I love it. And I think that I can't I keep nodding because I feel all of those things. I do feel bogged down. I don't feel like I'm living the rest of my life like my life is just here at the desk. And I think that possibly for some of us out there, we either, a lot of us did either really well, or we did not so well in the COVID thing, you know, the shutdown and stuff like that. So it's hit or miss with people. And I think that it's kind of hard to get back on that horse to, to get focused because We were laser focused in 2018 through 2019 and with, you know, growth and building clientele and all of that. And it just seems like we really just got less focused because we were so distracted with the news and wearing masks and going places and change, you know, life changed. But because I'm on this page, I can't believe there are I didn't know there were as many traction books here. I mean, I've only known of the one. I didn't either. I actually have heard of the second one. I, I haven't. 
If you go you know, to get a grip, get a grip as a part of our series too. Get is a grip. it okay? Yeah, I see that, Gina Wickman. Anyways, I'll stop sharing my screen now, but I just popped it up on the Google and I'm like, oh wow. Of course, the first thing when I started reading the book, I believe in 2018, the first grabber for me, and I've mentioned it here before, is the the example they used at the beginning of the book was actually powder coating. And, and how these two guys lost it all <laughs> they had. And it's because they didn't, you know, so it was actually a really good example well, of how okay. to fail. Do you remember it was because they lost focus, right? They decided yeah. since we were successful here, maybe we can be successful yes. everywhere. They, yes, that was pretty much the simplicity of it all. I go in there real quick, just, just into that theme. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. This is part of what I deal with most of my clients, not all, but most as a, a 10 to 250 employee organization, you know, we're not Amazon, we're not a multinational organization. We need to focus on one thing, ideally, like what are we yeah. really, really good at and go scale on that. We call it our niche, our unique ability. And if there's other things that are not in our unique ability or our niche as a company, it's a distraction. It's, it's, it's a, it's a cost. It's, 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 it's risk for us. And so that's a big piece of what I'm trying to do for, you know, smaller entrepreneurial companies, 10 to 250 employees or, or smaller even that mm-hmm. we can't try to do 15 different things. And so part of what I'm trying to help my clients do at the beginning is, is there anywhere that's distracting us? Cause sometimes we're trying to do this and we're trying to do a little of that. And so we never really make traction anywhere because we're not, we're not focused in a direction. And so part of, our work is sometimes letting go of something that we may love, but we're not best in class at it, or it's a separate business altogether. We've tried to jam this business into this business and they're not, you know, it's not quite working. And so right. we need to pull that stuff out. Maybe call this a separate business, but let's, we'll get some other team focused on that. Let's get this team focused here. So not to derail you, but when you're talking no, about- No, it's you know, on point with what I'm trying to accomplish here at Maui Powderworks and in a sense. And I think that in our preliminary discussion before coming onto the podcast, what we're struggling with is we have this brick and mortar business. And then on top of that, we're trying to launch this digital side to our business. So yes, it's all powder coating. We've got the podcast and then we have another website called the powder coating near me directory, which helps other powder coders. It's not a a big time consumer, but the podcast is, but I love the podcast and I'm not, you know, that I draw the line because it's almost for myself. I heal myself. I learn through it. I heal myself through it and I explore and learn new things. And I love that we're able to share that with everyone else too. So I think not to detract what you were saying to me, but I am guilty of that because I do have a lot of little like I do have a lot of little things that I do that seem to kind of distract. Ross, on the other hand, is just burdened by the operations of it. So he's got one thing, but he's burdened by the one thing. I've got too many things and I'm burdened by that, right? So somehow in the middle, and that's what I was, it's funny that we arrived here so quickly because that was pretty much what my approach was in talking to you today was, and I have this one here, this thing right here, where it's this center thing where it's got people, vision, your business, data, process, traction, and issues. 
And I feel like we have some of these going for ourselves really well, but in other areas we're suffering, right? We're, we're really suffering with that. And so it's an incomplete model, I guess, and stuff. I think that what makes traction, and it's an easy read, first of all, it's easy to grasp the concepts in there. I've read other business books in other classes that I've taken and stuff like that. And it's like, are you kidding me? And they were supposed to simplify like financial statements and stuff like that. And it just got so overwhelming. I can't think of the book right now, but I was like, wait, you just confused me even more. (laughs) So I guess what my point, my main point is that you must retraction because it's like dieting. If you can stick to the diet, you will lose weight, right? If you, this is such a simple formula, you do have to do some work and yes, you need to be focused, but if you can stick to it, you will win. You know what I mean? You will win. And that's refreshing to me. Can I, can I add to this simple concept? So I think what Gino kind of pulled off here with the OS is pretty remarkable. I think they're, uh, his discipline to listen he had to figure out how to get this thing into 20 tools we have 20 tools and there are thousands of ways to think about how to shrink your business the genius is is going what are core tools we can pull some levers in our business that will help us go from a to z so that's the first comment is that it there's a genius in its simplicity. And so we don't need, I get from some of my clients, Hey, can we learn some new tools? I'm like, you don't need more tools. I promise you, we need to focus on blocking and tackling at a high level. Let's focus there first. So it's, there is a simplicity to EOS. It is not, I wouldn't, I don't think any implementer would tell you that it's easy doing this work. It's phenomenal for my clients who have been with me a while for them to reflect back on how they've changed. Mm-hmm. Really, at the end of the day, it's about are the leaders willing to become new people, change their thinking, change their habits, change how they have done things in the past. That isn't easy. So we have to check our ego, our roles, our past beliefs, and really put everything on the table for the greater good of the company. And that's t- that's scary, right? And so the system in and of itself is simple, beautiful, what Gino's done. The work that goes into it, not easy because here's the kind of like secret that I let teams in on over time is that we think about all of our issues and we tend to go all these issues out here. The issues are on the leadership team. The root of the issue is almost always the leaders always. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the humbling part we have to come to as leaders to go, Oh, so all this stuff isn't working because I think it's me. I think I'm the one that's our first step because we blame employees and we blame suppliers and we blame the government and all this other stuff. That stuff. I'm like, that's great. And there might be some truth to that, but you can't control that. What can you control? And so part of what we're doing is we've got this simple system, but we've got to put the work in quarter after quarter, day after day. And really what EOS is in a sense is a habit building process. We got to build the right habits on when we meet, uh, whether weekly, quarterly, annual, we got to build that habit. We got to build the habit on 
putting a plan together every 90 days and going and executing on that plan. We call those rocks. And we just got to do that quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter. So yes, simple because Gino's vision was, I don't, you know, I don't even know that Gino went to college, right? So I think his whole idea was, how can I make this simple for every person? Whether you have right. a PhD or a high school degree, let's speak in every person's kind of layman's terms to wherever you are in your business, we can take it to the next level. But there's an individual decision that has to be made. Am I really willing to do the hard work inside of the system, inside of the process to change, to right. take my go, to admit where I'm not uh, doing my job as a leader? And so that's the part of it that uh, is transformational in its growth for the people in the room. And, and most of my teams don't know that's coming when we start. They just know that we right. pin down our accountability chart or, you know, or pin down our core values and all the other stuff. And then they realize over time, oh, I'm being transformed by this process. So we're going a little deep here, but I mean, that's to say it's simple, yes, but not easy because we've got to put the work in. Totally. And I think I can see where if the leadership brought you on board, you know, to kind of get the team going and the business up and successful again, or whatever, achieving a, a major goal is most people don't expect to be brutally honest with themselves, right? I think ego does play a big role in it in terms of who you are or who you project out in the world and sometimes can lead to a, a harder smash face, face plant if you're not prepared for it because you have been pointing the finger at everyone but yourself kind of thing. So, yeah. Would it be helpful for your audience for me to set some context? Because you and I talked about the six key components of yeah. yeah. Helpful yeah. for me to kind of quickly run through that just so people yes. Because you and I, we're talking about this stuff because we, we went, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we went through it. And I wrote down a bunch of notes for me. So just to kind of give everyone the context too, is I met you at the Custom Coder Forum and you spoke there. You were the first speaker of the day. It was a, a great jumping point to get in and get everybody's attention. So I'm glad you were the first one because everybody was awoke, <laughs> you know, after that. <laughs> but yes, let's talk about those six key components because I'd like you to pull up a slide. and. and oh, just, yes. Can you share or? Yeah, I think this is right here. Can you see that? Yes, it's yeah. popping up. Yes. All right. So I'll do this quickly. I'll do the quick version just so people sure. who are watching this can go, oh, okay, I know what they are talking about. This is not inside language at this point. So here's, I essentially take all the companies I work with on this journey and I quickly will show you what it looks like when our work is done. And our whole belief is the best way to show this is with the model that has your business. So picture the name of your business in the center of this model. And this model really comes from a discovery that all entrepreneurs, and I'm sure you can feel, attest to this, all entrepreneurs are entrepreneurial leaders are wrestling with 165 issues at the same time. Stuff's just coming at you left and right. It's just a lot, right? And the idea is to the degree that we can focus on strengthening six key components of our business, those 156 issues or whatever it is, start falling into place because they're really symptoms mm -hmm. of a deeper root cause. They're really just symptoms. And so our whole ethos is let's solve those things at the root 
And this is what will give us control of our business. And so we do that by getting clear on six key components. I'll quickly go through what those are. So the first key component of your business, of any business, is a vision component. And again, that's getting everybody 100% on the same page with where the heck are we going and how do we plan to get there? And we've got tools to strengthen that. People component is this. We cannot achieve a great vision without great people. So we have to define explicitly what does it mean to be a right person for our company because it's different for every company. So we've got to be clear. What does it mean to be a right person? A data component, which is really about running the business on facts, figures, objective information, as opposed to feelings, egos, and subjective emotions that tend to drive decision-making and growth-oriented entrepreneurial companies. And so this is really all about making sure we're making better decisions with good data. And so when these three components are strong, this is our belief, we get this transparent, clear, lucid organization where all of our issues and obstacles, needs and opportunities are all just, they're just screaming at us, right? And we're clear on what they are. And so we just got to get really good at solving them. We like to say that uh, there's really only been 27 issues in the history of business. They just repeat themselves over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I find that to be true with my teams. I've got 23 teams right now that I work with. And I just see the same types of things over and over again. We just got to get good at getting down to the root of the issue, not solve the symptom, root of the issue, tee that issue up, knock it down, make it go away forever. Process component. Earlier I said, I want to help you get control of the business and increase the value of the business. So some people want to sell their business at some point. And a prospective buyer is only going to buy a business that has their has systemized their business, right? If it's just a mess, there's nothing to buy. There's no value there. And so this is all about doing the most important things the right and best way every single time so that we're consistent, we're scalable, we're more profitable, and it makes things easier to manage. And then the traction component is bringing the vision down to the ground and executing on it with discipline and accountability every single day. So you and I, we can go into all the detail of those tools, but that helps anchor our conversation, hopefully for your audience a little bit, that this is really what we're talking about. And so we want to go through a process of putting tools. There are two tools and disciplines for each component that helps strengthen these key components. And here's the good yeah. news. Our goal is not to get these to be 100% strong because they're never going to be 100% strong. Our goal is if we can get them 80% stronger, better, you have transformed your business. We're, we're running a better business. We're living your ideal life. So that's, I hope that's a little bit helpful for. Uh, it is. I like that data. Could you pop that back up again? Just because I have a couple questions or follow up to that is I liked how where as you processed and pulled these up, they were actually kind of related the data. And then after that came the issues. And it's kind of funny because I'm always scratching for that data, whether it's social media data about, you know, engagement or awareness or how your campaigns are going or it's financial data because getting that data down in the first place helps you understand how come it's not like this or how did we get it that high? And that it keys into those issues, right? Some of them, not all of them. It's a phenomenal tool to figure out really letting us know, do we have an issue? Right. right? Yeah. So we use a tool called a scorecard and I can quickly kind of give you the idea of what this is all about. Let me jump here a little bit. So the data component is, the first tool is this tool we call scorecard. And the idea is we want to get clear on leading indicators. So lagging indicators like quarterly profit and all the other stuff is is very important, but we can't do much about it because it already happened. We want to control the things we can control today. So 
on a weekly basis, what are the things I would need to know that my marketing is on track, that I'm generating good leads? Right. Market right. Market leads. What are the things I need to know that uh, we're selling, we're closing at a high rate so that, you know, we've got a good pipeline, that we're bringing in new business. What are the things that will let me know that all my operations are on track? Do we have happy customers? Do we have unhappy customers? Are we being efficient in how we do our operations? What are the things that would let me know financially that we got good cash flow, that we don't have tons of receivables, we've got plenty of cash in the bank. And so the idea is that we want to kind of get clear on what are some measurables we can keep our head around on a weekly basis. We set yeah. a weekly goal and this keeps us focused, right? Let's make sure we're hitting these goals. This is like the minimum standard. We should be doing these things week in and week out. And we want to get clear on who's going to do it. So it's not passive. Who's going to actually on your team go do this stuff? And the idea is if we can look at 13 weeks at a glance, which is a quarter to your right. point about issues, you can figure out, well, marketing's working. All of we're hitting right. leads coming in like crazy, but uh oh, our conversion ratio yeah. is just tanked. Oh, do yeah. we have a people issue over in, you know, is our head of sales not very good? Cody, powder coat or grouchy when he <laughs> talks to customers, right? Yeah. I mean, or- it can get overwhelming as a small company. Sorry to interrupt, but like, I guess the point that I want to convey to um, our listeners is that no matter what stage your business is in, if you're just starting up or you've been established for a while and you're saying to yourself, I don't need all this stuff, you kind of do because it's important for you to understand not just to get you know, if you're the person that say, well, I don't have any issues. If you're the, taking that stance, I'm saying that at any level of your business, you can implement these kinds of things, these kinds of tools. You don't have to get, I used to think, okay, well, I got to get to a certain point. We make a certain amount of money every year and then I'll hire this person or whatever to help me financially or whatever. It, it can happen at any time. And what makes it it easy as these tools are available for you to start looking into now. It, oh, it can happen at any point. Yeah. And so with EOS, the nice thing about EOS is like, there are some people who are ready just to take it all on and they work with somebody like me and we go fill to a boogie and we do it all. Right. But what, what's important to remember is, say you're kind of just getting going. These are not tools or concepts that were created by Gino, right? These are time-tested concepts and tools, right. tools that were pulled into a system. And so this is what I would tell, you know, anybody who's a little skeptical is like, these tools are not on trial. They work. Right. And they work for a million dollar company or a $50,000, you know, because you're really trying to get down to the principal level that at the end of the day, if you look at what's going on here, we need to measure our activity. Are we at the end of the day, if we're not getting the results we want in our business, we always got to go back to the activity. We're not Mm -hmm. doing the right activities then. We're not getting the results we want it is guaranteed we are not doing the right activities. And so we've got to figure out what are the activities we should be doing that leads to results. That's really what a scorecard is. It's just making sure you're doing the right things and stop doing the wrong things. Right. And I think the simplicity or the initial, because I've seen this through the Facebook groups and stuff. Oh, well, you just need to put some ads out on Google and Facebook and you know that'll solve all of your problems. And I know when you're starting a business or whatever, getting that awareness and that engagement from people in the first place is key. It is really key, but it's not a one size fits all. And it's not, it's only going to work for so long. So you've got to eventually get into other things like 
customer outreach too, figuring out how much money you're making and how much is going out and stuff like that, right? So, I mean, I mean, there's no one size fits all. What works for one company in terms of marketing doesn't necessarily work for the next one. So, right, more, uh, Facebook ads for some of my clients that are more B two C retail that might be exactly what they need to do. And then right. I've got you know, two hundred million dollar general contractor who's building large hotels. They don't need to have Facebook ads. It's just not yeah. a waste of their time. So there's no magic pill here. It's right. all, are we getting a return on investment? The first thing before we do any marketing is figure out who is our customer? Right. What's the value proposition to them? That should guide all of our activity. So first, if we're not clear on the, the customer and exactly what their pain points are, exactly what they're needing from the marketplace, then doing just a bunch of marketing activity isn't relevant. We've got to first right. start with who are they? What are they struggling with? What are they trying to achieve? What value can we provide in a way that provides more value to them than there are other options? Yeah, I just interviewed Matthew Jones of his company is Powder Works out of Dallas, Fort Worth. And let's just say location-wise, he's between a very popular guy who does rims and stuff like that. And then there's this internet influencer, or let's just say another guy that does truck builds and UTV builds and stuff like that. So he's got this Instagram and all this stuff. So, you know, in the middle, he's figured out that doing rims is okay if he gets them, but he's not going to go out and pursue that because these guys are doing it so phenomenally well, he can focus on more architectural. So it's something that has evolved over time that he's realized. And he's also obviously his marketing or his objectives or his scorecard would be way different than these other guys, right? So, yeah, I love that. So, it sounds like he's gotten clear. I don't exactly know what the wording is, but he's gotten clear on his niche back to yes, uh, what he can be uniquely good at. He kind of looked around and said, They're way better. And if I can stay in this lane, as long as there's a big enough market for it, you can right. run a great business off of a, a much more focused lane. So, uh, yeah, kudos to him. that's great. Yeah, it is. And it's taken a while for him to get there and stuff. Okay, so we've talked about the key components. Now, can we talk about the form or the EOS VTO uh, sure. form? Let me share my screen. I'll head over to this here. Have it brought up. Can you see? Can. Yep. Okay. Is it too big? I might have made it too big. Huh? I, mean, I, I can't see all of it, but we can scroll down. Here, yeah, let me go back to that. There we go. That size should work. So there's those six key components right up there. And I I just thought, you know what, we've got a few more minutes to go. We could just maybe make up an example of what uh, XYZ powder coater, you know, guy starting out would be just kind of working our way through what these different components are of this next part and just filling them out. So just as an exercise, right? Like how you would do it and stuff like that. Okay. So as a powder coder, I can refer back to my vision traction organizer is our core values. Obviously I have words like partnering, passionate partnerships. I think I have friendliness as a core value. I think I also have experience because Ross has got so much experience in the powder coating compared to everyone else. So those are some of the core values that I've written. Is this, are those the right words to use or 
how do we approach this first section? Let me anchor in some concepts. First core values is really about, it's defining your culture. It's going to define in some sense, really the behaviors you want to see people live out, uh-huh. right? It defines what it means to be a right person. These people share these set of values. You will see them live out this shared core set of values. So let me just take the two I heard. I and mean, we haven't even talked through this before. So we're doing this real yeah. time. It's fun, which is fun. Let me pick two that I heard. So friendliness, right. that might be a core value. In other words, we might look around and say, in order to be here, you have to be friendly. And we can then look at our team and say, you know, old Suzanne over here is not very friendly. We got a problem. <laughs> So that, that could be one, right? I don't know. We don't know uh, enough to know, but right. something like that where you can observe people behave friendly. Yeah. Experience, experience to me goes to more about can they do the job? I would challenge, if, I, if you were on one of my teams, I would say, look, I would probably challenge that. Okay. How do you live out experience? What, what does experience mean in terms of our culture, right? So if you come in and you're an 18-year-old intern versus being, you've been in the industry 56 years. That's more, so you, you had to experience to me, doesn't sound quite like a core value. Yeah, you're right. It, it, it's it more, isn't. Uh, really about, can you do the job? Right. So, you know, a lot of things I'll see is like a driven uh, at EOS help first is one of ours. So our whole thing is, yeah, first thing, let's just help you out. And if, if something happens from there, great. Uh, we talk about grow or die. So we want to be around people that are driven to grow, are willing to continuously grow. And so I'm giving you some nuggets here. It's a sense that you can sense that these people are that way. Now, the thing is, they are whatever they are for your unique organization, but it's something that you can see people live out. One last thing, and I get excited, but always challenge my teams on, are these your real core values or are these aspirational? I'm working with one of my teams right now that says that one of their core values is team and Mm -hmm. their leadership team is a mess. And I'm going, (laughs) I think that one of your core values is team. I think you want it to be, but it's not core to you because I'm looking right here and you guys are a dumpster fire, right? (laughs) So that's more of an issue than it is a core value. And so they has to resonate. You have to, when you nail this stuff, you go, oh my God, that is who we are. So that, I hope that helps you get a sense. And there's only a few things that are truly core to people. So not 25 things, but we're talking about a handful, three, four, five, most seven core things that define, listen, these are my rules. You cross these lines, you just don't have a spot here. That makes sense? So, So yeah, and it can be more than on mine. I have just one word kind of thing, but you were saying like grow or die it could be a, a simple phrase to describe what it is. So yeah. you would say the team that is obviously the one that has team and they're a dumpster fire, they really wouldn't be using team. They would be like, it would have to be something else because they're aspiring to be it, but it's not really happening right now. Yeah, I, w- I would just challenge them to say, I think that's an aspirational value. Yeah. Let's get it on the issues list. Let's figure out how we get better. Uh, yep. There are other things that are non-negotiable that are core to them. That's really our core values. Because here's the thing. If you share to your team that these are our core values and you got your employees and your people are smart, they're not dummies. And you say that our core value is in 
team or something like that. And, and we don't have a strong sense of teamwork here. People are like, what are we talking about here? That's clearly not core. That's not who we are. And people right? can't stick to it. either. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to be really honest with ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I go on and on on core values, but I hope that gives people a sense that I sometimes I like to have people flip around and like, what would make you angry if people didn't do? If people oh, weren't, okay. would you be angry? Would it cross a line for you? I know people, friendliness would like, I think for us, because we've always had that perspective of education first, or maybe that should be one education first. Is uh, everybody can live it out. If, if can everybody yeah. in the country live out education first? Yeah, exactly. Because you said help first or whatever. It's always been our kind of thing that our customers come to us because they have a lot of questions about what is powder coating in the first place. Is it going to work for me? Maybe it should, one of our core, it should be changed to education first. Yeah. We can move on to core focus, but just what I would keep in mind with that one is everybody's got to be able to live it out. So the bookkeeper and the CFO and the head of sales and whoever's in the operations department, Everybody has to equally be able to live out. So if everybody can equally live out education first, maybe it's a core value. Yeah. If exactly. it's only this subset, not core. Yeah. Follow me on that? Yeah. Yeah. This one kind of takes that first part a little deeper, right? Even deeper, where you're talking about your purpose, cause, and passion. Or is it either or? or you have to fill out both on this core focus. But so I usually have my teams pick you know, is it your purpose? Is it your cause? Or is it your passion? What most resonates? I have some teams that call it their why. Their why, yeah. Core focus is a filtering and guiding mechanism, whereas core values is really about our behavior. Core focus is, is why do we do what we do? Purpose, cause, passion. And our niche is what is the specific what uh, at the core of it. So your friend in Texas it's powder coating, but what type of powder coating? What was it? Architectural? Architect- yeah, architectural. So it's not, I think you were saying, it, you know, if you said, is it rims? Is that what the other thing you Rims, are? yeah. So it'd be automotive or architectural. So say, no, my niche is not automotive. My niche right. is architectural. My unique ability as a company is architectural powder coating. We're just making this up. And so he's laser focused on it. If it's not an architectural, don't want it. Let's right, else. yeah. That's the niche side of it. The purpose, cause, and passion is really, this is where most teams get, this takes a minute. I tell my teams that this piece takes between 45 minutes and two years. This <laughs> take a little while to figure out is if that's what we do, because a lot of people say, oh, that's our mission, architecture or powder coating. Huh. That's your niche. Right. That's, what, that, that's your, where we stay focused on the activity. Why does this company exist? So beyond what you do, why? Why do we do it? And man, this is as personal as it can be. Can I've be. grappled with this one many times and I still. So I let mean, me ask you, what is your niche as your company? Our niche. If theirs is architectural powder coating, this fake one we're making up, what is, is y'all's? That's a dull question. It always seems to morph for us. I think that's what the problem is. It tends to morph, not vacillate, but morph. And so it depends on if we're talking about 
powder coating here locally in Hawaii or where we want to take our passion too. So here's my notes from your talk that day. And I said, we partner with people passionate about performance finishes, which is the essential mission statement that I had made years earlier. But now it's more about in, you know, with the podcast and this new innovation that we're trying to get launched, it's more about inspiring the powder coating industry through training and skills to change the culture of custom coatings. So what and, I heard in there is potentially a niche. I don't know if this is right for you, but the core right. I heard training. Actually. Training, yes. Inspiring an industry with training. And training, so yeah. Uh, what I would encourage your team, we don't have enough time to do this. On right. The call, yeah. For your, your audience here is all the other stuff is the, the language around it, but is training at our core? Are we a training company or are we actually doing powder coating? Are we training people how to do powder coating? There's not a right or wrong answer, but I think getting clear on that, then getting we clear. A whole apparatus around that because in our marketing strategy, which is cut off on this page, but is a part of the first page, of this two-page plan that you're showing, then we want to sell that. Are we selling power coding or are we selling training? It's a big distinction. And so there's not a wrong answer or a right answer, but if it's training, whole different ball of wax there on what our ability chart should look like, what our leadership team should look like, what our marketing materials look like. So that's where we want to get clear in the niche on what is it really that we do. We could go on this for a long time. I'm, I'm, yeah, I guess. and I know you're tight on time. So, so just what, from the purpose, yeah. cause, and passion. We may not figure this out for our company here, but this is really why do we exist? And so, if architectural powder coating is what we do, maybe we exist to make a positive difference in the lives of our employees and our community. But you don't even necessarily know what it is we do, but it's some anchoring thing that for this team, and it has to be genuine for this team. This is really what it's all about for us. And so a lot of my teams, you would have no idea what industry they're in based off their purpose, cause, passion. And I think that just for, uh, I think for us, the first part was we partner with people passionate about performance finishes, but our coatings, we could say something like our coatings last a lifetime. We make our coatings last a lifetime or just for filling it out. Now on the 10-year target, is that the next thing you do or is it the three-year picture? As an EOS implementer, I can't not make a comment there. So I I challenge that what you just wrote down the purpose that it's not about powder coating. It's why any of all this even matters. That's where I want the team to go deeper. It's it's not hard work. Okay. Purpose cause passion is why it exists. Why does it all matter? So we'll keep going. Okay, good. I put it there so now people can see why does it matter? What's your why? Okay, so then on the next year, uh, is it the 10-year target or the three-year picture that you do next? Uh, 10-year target. Okay. We want to put that flag on the ground. So this is our moon landing and this is where (laughs) it doesn't have to be 10 years. Somewhere between five and 30 years is kind of what we look at. Most of our clients, we just call it a 10-year and this is this can be quantitative. This can just be dollars and cents. This can be products sold. This can be share of the marketplace. It could be qualitative. You know, we're going to be the best in this industry. So you just got to figure out 
the, the real key thing is that it's something that you ultimately want. It's the big want in the business that's, right. that we're going to work at over time. And the key is we may not know how to get there today. So with my teams, we're like, well, how are we going to get there? I don't know. Right. So let's pick a number. Let's have fun here. Let's do a revenue goal. You could say, hey, we want, we want to do 30 million in revenue. Yeah. 30 by million. The of, okay. By the end of 2032. We're just, you and I are making some up off. The yeah. And, and that could be what it is. And some people, it's not money. I have a team that very philanthropic. Their goal is to give a large portion of profits to causes. What it lets them know is if we're going to give this much, our company has to be this big. Right. Yeah. It's a big yeah. goal. Yeah. Uh, really, they're driven more by what they can do in the community. So it's just got to be whatever it is. Yeah. And I guess that's where I get, again, a little fuzzy because sometimes I feel like when I do this larger goal, it doesn't seem based in reality or I don't know. Sometimes I feel like when you start to write it down, like, whoa, how could I possibly make 30 million? I know we're talking about that just as it is, but how much in reality does it need to be, I guess? We are entrepreneurs and part of our gifting is at times, what is reality? I don't know, right? So some of it is at times we don't live in what might be called reality. That's what helps that can be entrepreneurs can be part of our superpowers to, we can see something and sense something that may be objectively a, a little bit aggressive. So all I would say is it's not only do you want it, are you willing to do whatever has to be done to get it? Yeah. So I have, you know, a team was like, yeah, we want to be 30 million. And I'm like, let's talk through what this is going to look like to just achieve that. And it's like, Ooh, maybe we want to be 10 million. And that's fine. It's the, the big piece of it is, are you really willing to do what we need to do? Let me just give you a quick example. Uh, I know we're a little tight on time, so uh, we'll go through yeah. the other stuff too. But Gino, who, who, you know, it's like 2004, maybe I'm missing the date when he was creating EOS, he set this big core target it was about a 16 year target that by the, the year 2020, he wanted 10,000 companies running on EOS. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to get my numbers slightly off here, but you get the point. At that point, it was just himself, uh, a guy named Mike Payton and a guy named Don Tenney. And they had a grand total of 64 clients between them. So we're here at 64 wow. and we're going to be at, 10,000. And, and I, so I'm, I'm giving you this through his words just because I've seen him talk about it before. And people ask him, hey, so where did that 10,000 come from? And he goes, right there. I just picked it out. <laughs> and I went, yeah, seems pretty cool. And for years, it was like this. And it was like gradual. And then it hockey sticked. It hockey right. sticked up. And during the pandemic, a quarter early in 2020, we hit 10,000 companies running on the U.S. Oh, wow. And so the point was he didn't have a clue I was going to get it. Just picked the number out of thin air. But it manifested itself because quarter by quarter, the, the company worked towards getting there. And so we've got a new goal of 100,000 companies running on the U.S. But oh, point boy. Is, <laughs> there was a willingness to do what needed to be done to get there. Right. That's the key yeah. piece is I want it and I'm willing to do what we need to do. Yes. We can keep going. You want to go I think your that, uh, yeah, I think this is great because that really gave me some insight there because that's where I get so fuzzy, you know, 
and let's just finish up with the, well, we're at the mark right now. So if you want to stop, we can, or we can just finish this out. We don't have to get into marketing. Go down to the bottom real quick. Let's mm-hmm. finish up uh, a marketing strategy next. And so, yeah, okay. So important. And I say this for anybody, whether they're starting the company or they're $50 million, we shouldn't do anything unless we're absolutely crystal clear on who is our ideal customer. Yeah. It all starts there. All of this starts with you're powder coding, you're doing what I do. It doesn't matter until we have a customer and we got to get the perfect ones. And so the target market is all about who is my ideal customer? Demographics. Is it a business that I'm selling to? How big is that business? Is it an individual? What ages are they? Are they old? Are they young? Are they into rap music? Are they into rock and roll? What? Give me the demographics. Who are they? Clear in your mind. Where are they? Are they in Hawaii? Are yeah. they in Orlando? Or does it not matter? Are they everywhere, right? Who are they? Where are they? And the most important thing I think is we call this the psychographic profile of the target market, but how do they think? What are they struggling with? Yeah. What are their frustrations? And so you in powder coding, if we have more time, we dig into this, but what are their goals? What are their aspirations? Not as it relates to you per se, but just in what they're trying to accomplish. Three uniques are our proposition to them. So if you, I can quickly do this, but our target market for EOS is, growth-oriented entrepreneurs, companies with 10 to 250 employees who are willing to be open and willing to be honest and willing to be vulnerable, and they're more afraid of the status quo than they are at the prospect of change. That's target market. Our three uniques are, you can write this down, vision, traction, and healthy. So I said that at the beginning of our podcast. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That's our value proposition. And so we deviated from our fake company here by using EOS as three uniques, but I'm just trying to give an example of the value proposition that entrepreneurs are looking for is they want a clear vision, they want to gain traction, and they want to get healthy. And so that's what we need to be doing. That's our messaging to them. Quickly, proven process is like a visual way of describing our sales process, how we sell and how operations will fulfill what we're selling. And then a guarantee, you've seen the money back guarantees, whatever it is, where if there's, if there's a fear we can take off the table to make sure that we increase our closing rates, it's a way to do that. We could talk about more of that if you wanted to. I, don't, I know we said four, but I don't want to, I don't want to cut us short. So if you, do you want me to quickly comb through the rest of it or you tell me I'm following you? I think this is great. We can come back. I would love to have you back on the show and we can continue where we left off. I think that this pretty much kind of is wrapping it up. I think that it's just basically what your projections are, right? For the three years. High level. It's this. Yeah. High level stuff. Ten-year target. If we got to be at thirty million by twenty thirty-two, where do we need to be by the end of twenty twenty-four? Right. Exactly. And then, what does it look like? Is all about describe this place to me. How many employees do we have at this point? If we're here today, how many do we have then? Yeah. Are we in a new office? Explain to me what this company looks like that doesn't yet exist. So that's the three pictures. You go down to the second page to one-year plan. Yeah, sorry. Mine's kind of messed up right here. Okay. One-year plan is just starting to break that three-year picture into the plan for 2022. And so we predict our numbers again. And then the key is, this is where so many people mess up, is three to seven, hopefully closer to three goals for the year. 
not yeah. 25 goals. Right. And I'll go to the next piece real quick. If you can scroll up just a hair. Rocks are 90 day priorities. And so you just 90 take 90 days. Okay. And you break it down into 90 day chunks. Same deal, revenue, profit, measurables. And we're setting three to seven big company rocks for the next 90 days. Issues, we could get into more in detail at some point. But yeah. that's any and everything, ideas, opportunities. That's it. Yeah. So no, we, we did a lot. You've clarified a lot here for me, totally. Because good. you're reading the book and then you're trying to follow through. And it, sometimes it's easier when someone just sits there and explains just a little bit. Maybe I'm just one of those people. I don't know. But yeah. I have your website. Fly me out to Hawaii. <laughs> yes, I would love to. <laughs> Everybody says that. Yes. So here's your website. I just wanted, you're based out of Florida, but there are other uh, service areas and people available. But this is John King's website and you can contact him if you're, is it, I mean, are you just strictly in the central Florida area, those companies that you're working with now? I am by choice, but there are phenomenal EOS implementers all over the country in Canada. We've got, I think we've got at least a few folks in Mexico. I don't know. There's some really good folks for you Hawaiians. There's some really good folks out of California. So I don't know if there's anybody in Hawaii right now, but, and then we're on six continents, wherever you are, there's probably an EOS implementer that can help you out. So that's um, awesome. If you're interested, please give me a call. I would love to talk to you, but I can always help steer anybody in the right direction for somebody that's good for them. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John, for coming. And I appreciate you sharing your time with us because I have gotten a lot more clear with where I need to take my EOS form, my VTO form, because things are changing for us here. We need to reevaluate all of these things that I wrote a few years ago and just start get focused again. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, give me a call if I can help more on, on y'all's VTO. <laughs> okay. This was All a, right. lot, a lot of fun. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Aloha.